You're listening to a message from Highway Church as we welcome Reverend Jen Tringale. Enjoy. My mouth and reach your ears back there in that pretty blue top. He will custom tailor those words to be exactly the answer you need in whatever season of life you're in. Isn't that amazing? But at the same time, somebody say the same time. At the same time, he can take the same words that come out of my mouth, and by the time they leave my mouth and reach your ears in that beautiful pink top, it's my favorite color, I love that pink. He can make them exactly what you need, the same words at the same time. And I don't know how he does it. I just watched his anointing work that way. So what I want us to do is let's just come into agreement. And rather than taking a a lean back and wait and see approach, let's take a lean in approach and say, God, I am looking and listening for everything you've intended for me. Amen? Because I know we'll get it. Hallelujah. So let's, let's just do that. Father, oh God, thank you for such an orchestrated time. Thank you, Father. God, we thank you for the establishing of Highway Church. Lord, we thank you for the obedience of these pastors. Father, we say thank you. We stand grateful for all of the faith, the endurance, and the stamina it has taken to establish this house. Father, we thank you that because of their yes, we can come in this morning and get downloads from heaven. Holy Spirit, I ask you to think through my thoughts and speak through my mouth. Father, we just open up wide to receive all that you architected, all that you wrote in that blueprint for this time. Lord, we come ready to receive. And Father, I just pray this prayer over every person within the sound of my voice. God, we give you permission to invade the privacy of our hearts. And if necessary, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to even rearrange the landscape of our lives to put us in position for all that you have for us for this time. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, aren't you thankful? Praise the Lord. Well, pastor said you all usually get out at about four o'clock. And um, (laughs) praise God. I'm just kidding. I I can't go, really, honestly, for more than two or three hours without food, and it's been a while since I ate, so you're golden. I'm going to download everything I've got on you. I came with both barrels loaded. I'm going to unload everything I've got, praise the Lord, and, uh, and head to lunch. So that's, that's how that works. Hallelujah. I've got so much stirring in my heart just being in the atmosphere of this room. Your church is contagious, people. I'm trying to figure out how I can, I'm believing God for a lot for the ministry. I'm thinking I need to believe God for a jet so every Sunday I have off, I can come up here, come to Highway Church. I'm just saying like, there's so, I'm just saying like those chord progressions, what? I mean, that was so fun. What is going on with that bass player magic fingers over there? I'm just like, I just need a moment to take in everything that just went down in this room. I'm already like, I need you to do that first song again so I can Instagram that baby. Like, this is fun. This is so fun. I just, I love everything about you all, but it's, it's not just, you know, kicking music and, and chord progression, you know, what you did to resurrection. We'll f- talk about that later. But, I mean, I just, I'm just loving all of this. But I'm just saying there's a lot more to the DNA of Highway Church than a really good sound and a big green banner. I'm saying that this atmosphere is palpable with the destiny of God that is upon this place and so that tells me if God drew you to a place like this that destiny is pumping on the inside of you that you are here because you know beyond a shadow of a doubt I may not get every single step but I know I'm not here to live for myself I'm living for a purpose greater than myself there's a sense of destiny on the inside of me that compels me to prepare for it 
I believe this. If we truly believe that God has good things prepared for us, then that reality compels us to prepare for them. And I'm so thankful that we live in the body of Christ in a day and a time where we understand that we don't come to church to do our pastors a favor. In fact, coming to church is really, when you think about it, one of the most selfish things that you and I do. Because God said that he set the fivefold ministry gifts in the body to equip the church to go out and do the work of the ministry. When I was growing up, I just thought, like, nobody told me this, but I just thought, like, okay, what God is doing in the earth is all about the latest and greatest rock star preacher. You know, whoever's called to stand behind a pulpit and preach the gospel, the rest of us Christians are supposed to just pay our bills and come to church every Sunday and cheer them on until our services get so good, so powerful, so anointed, so full of glory that Jesus just has to come back. That's how this whole thing wraps up. Yeah, wow. Thank God he didn't leave me there, you know. And um, that was just sort of the, the bottom line that I had come to, only to find out when you get into the word that the fivefold ministry are just the equippers, but you, the church of Jesus Christ, are the real agents of change. You are the ones here to shift the culture of your city, your schools, your businesses. Amen. And so when we come to Highway Church, this is where we come to become all of the fullness of the potential that God breathed you in existence to be. How many of you know no man is an island? I'm not going to come into the fullness of who God made me to be in and of myself. As much as I love God, as much as I appreciate my vibrant relationship with God, I need ministry gifts in my life because a pastor is not a person. I know, head tilt, hold on. <laughs> a pastor is not a person necessarily. A pastor is a gift that only God can give, that he puts in a person. And then that person has to say yes to that call, has to say yes to that gift, has to develop in excellence in that gift. And that gift comes with an office. And that office comes with supernatural equipment that unlocks things in you. Come on, that pulls potential up in you, that causes those gifts to unpack on the inside of you so you can go out and shift wherever God has placed you. Hallelujah. You guys mean business in here today. Hallelujah. It's good. Look over here in Isaiah chapter 51. And while you're turning there, I want to just um, make a couple of statements to you. First of all, how many of you believe that the plan of God for your life is progressive? Yes. Like, aren't you so glad? I say it this way, aren't you so glad that at no point, not right now, not any time coming up, at no point is Jesus the Son going to turn and look at God the Father in the throne room of heaven and say, you know what, that's good enough where he's at, we're just going to leave him right now, we're not going to do anything more in his life, you know, he's saved, he's going to heaven, we don't know how much more he can really believe for, so we're just going to leave him right there for the rest of his life, like, aren't you thankful that God is always seeing more for you, no matter what age you are? The plan of God is progressive. The Bible tells us that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that's proceeding out of the mouth of God. That means the only way that I'm going to progress in the plan is if I'm hearing the words. We are literally living in a generation where we are literally having to live by what we hear. If we're not hearing the voice of God lead us and direct us and speak to us, in essence, it's like we're dead in the water. Why? Because there is a progressive plan of God. There is a work of destiny. He's weaving in your life. And your only roadmap for each step of the way is by revelation, by the word of the Lord, leading you, guiding you, and directing you. Amen. 
So, and the Bible told us, he said, look, I'm always going to be taking you from one place of strength, come on, to a new place of strength, from one place of faith to a new place of faith, from one place of glory to another place of glory. That's why I cannot afford to settle back and be satisfied with some level of spiritual gravitas that I've attained and let it squelch my hunger for a living, breathing, dynamic God. There are facets of him and him in you that the Bible says as much as you've seen and as much as you've experienced, eyes never seen. Ears, your ears never heard it. You've heard some things in the spirit. You've seen, but you have no, neither has it even entered into the heart of man. The things I've what? Pre-architected for you. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 51 here. And I want to start in verse 15. It says, but I am the Lord your God that divided the sea whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. Man, aren't you glad he's still the Lord of hosts? And not just one host. He's talking about angels, right? Multiple hosts, right? And those angels, they're here this morning. I mean, the Bible tells us we all have guardian angels assigned to us, right? The Bible talks about each one of us have two. Depending on what you're called to do in life, you could have more assigned to you. So if each one of us in this room we know have at least two angels assigned to us, let's look around. How many angels are in this room right now? And did you know that the angels assigned to your life, God totally read them in on your divine destiny and everything he called you to be? You say, well, how do you, how do you know that? Well, because the Bible says, um, who are ministering spirits? Are they not sent to minister to and for the heirs of salvation? In other words, how could angels assist you to hit your points of destiny if they didn't know what your points of destiny were? So God brought them in to his throne room and totally read them in on the blueprint of your life so that they could help you hit every divine connection. Come on, be in the right place at the right time. Nudge you this way, nudge you that way. I'm just saying the Lord of hosts is his name. It's a good thing when we stop and remind ourselves like that old prophet said to that young guy, God, please open his eyes and show him there are way more that be for us than those that be against us. In the day and age you and I are called to live, that's a really good thing to remember. All of you ones that are in, in junior high, high school, college, you don't walk alone. Hello. Some of you work in some pretty intense environments. You don't, you don't go in there alone. They could peel back the layer and you could see in the realm of the spirit when you walk into a place, it's a big deal when you walk in. Why? You don't walk alone. Not only is the blood speaking for you, but you're wearing a robe of righteousness. That's a big deal in the realm of the spirit. When you walk in, everything in the realm of the spirit, to the good and to the bad, knows you're one that's in the seat of authority. That's a big deal. And then you've got those angels. That's a big deal. Verse 16. And I have put my words in your mouth. And I have covered you in the shadow of my hand. Why has he done this? That I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. Verse 17, so awake. Awake and stand up. Then if you turn one page over to chapter 52 in verse 1, again the prophet Isaiah says, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, and put on your beautiful garments. What are those garments talking about? That robe of righteousness. It's a very big deal. How many of you know that we didn't earn our robe of righteousness? Your good behavior didn't get you the robe. Your good behavior didn't put you in the seat of authority. The blood of Jesus did it all. Man, that's good news, isn't it? 
You say, why, why is that important for us to know? Well, Highway Church, God's walking you into some things and you need to know where your stability and your confidence and your um, audacious faith has its roots because God's setting you up to take things that look really, really big. And you gotta know that in the spirit, you are the ripe crop to take them. You could look around in the natural and say, well, but we're just this, and we've only been doing this for this long, and we just came from here. And, you know, the trajectory of a normal span of time for me to come into this, you could say this in your own life, the normal span of time for me to have had this level of success or to have that opportunity, that time has come and gone. But in the realm of the Spirit, when you consider who's living on the inside of you, you find out that time is not an element that matters in the walk of a person of destiny. Why? Because our God stands outside of time. I mean, we could spend this whole morning talking about all the miracles that God had did. And when you really look at them, they were all miracles of time. Abraham and Sarah, hello. Hello. Water turned into wine, right? Um, We could go through the list and talk about people like uh, Noah. You know, God called him to build a a cruise ship in a landlocked state. (laughs) Sometimes I'll go before God and be like, God, this thing you've called me to do, it's so much bigger than me. And then I think about what he called Noah to do. And I'm like, God, I'm good. You know what? We're going to be all right. I'm not, I'm not going to complain. You know, sometimes I'm like, this is kind of a lot, and people are watching. It's kind of a lot of pressure. And then I think about people like Moses, you know. God told Moses, stand up in front of all these people that are criticizing you right now. Stand up in front of that ocean. Point your stick at it, and I'll do something. God, could we just do that privately? You know, I'll just stay up here on this mountain and point it, and they can all just be awed down there. No, no, no. Go walk out right in front of them with everybody watching you. Take that rod, point it at that ocean, and I'll do something. You talk about guts. But what was the difference? They knew in whom they had believed. Right? What does the Bible say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, Abraham could expect to receive things from God that blew the normal, traditional place of time. And I'm saying this to you this morning because you are called as a church and as individuals to rise up and believe God to do some things that would go against the normal order and law of time. In the natural, there is a normal progression. Step one, and then you get to step two. And then if you walk out step two, you get to step three. But as people of destiny that would be bold enough to take God at his word, he calls you to take step one. And when you do it, all of a sudden he gives you everything that comes with step four. And then all of a sudden he asks you to believe him and believe him and believe him in the face of adversity, in the face of wind blowing at you so hard you think it's going to knock you down. And you stand and you stand and when you've done everything else you stand and everybody's looking at you going too little, too late. When are you going to get a clue? You missed the boat. It's never going to happen. And God says, are you going to take on the robe of righteousness that I put on you? That in generations after generations, the word says the righteous have never been forsaken ever ever in thousands of generations nor their seed begging bread do you really think God's gonna blow his track record of faithfulness on you is it really gonna be recorded in the books of history God is faithful with an asterisk mark that says until 2018 he actually did fail me do you think he's gonna blow his track record on you What does it say? Abraham judged him faithful. And when he did all he knew to do and he stood, God came in. (laughs) 
and all power and authority, blew the normal progression of things and dumped everything he ever wanted in his lap. Made him so great that the king, the authority of the land had to come to him and say, you're too much for us. You're going to have to go to a bigger place. Highway Church, I had the Lord say this to me once. I went through this period where it just felt like God had gone silent. Anybody ever been there? I mean, I was like, I, it, I, I knew he was with me, but, you know, we're living in a day and time where you got to hear the word of the Lord. And I'll be honest with you all, I felt like I was not hearing God. And I thought, man, what's going on? I mean, it's getting to where it's really starting to bother me. God, I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, I'm doing a check in my heart. Like, you know, I'm just going through the, like, is there sin in my life? Do I have unforgiveness? You know, I'm going through the drill. I need to take more time. I need to go deeper in my prayer closet. You know, I need to turn the lights off. I need to play, like, break every chain five times. You know, I am working the work, you know. Nothing. I mean, I'm not hearing anything. And so I, it's, it's pretty intense. And so finally, I'm like in a, in a spot. And I just said, God, I don't understand what's going on. I am not hearing you. I'm looking for next steps, direction. I got nothing. And it, I just need you to show me what to do. Finally, the Spirit of God spoke to me when I got through with all my spiritual gyrations, you know. <laughs> and this is what he said to me. He said, Jen, he said, I'm talking to you. He said, but what I'm wanting to talk to you about and the picture I need to paint to show you what's coming up, the canvas that you have for me is too small. So I, you're not getting anything from me. He said, I need you to expand your capacity to believe and see what I really want to cause to transpire in your life. And if you will expand your capacity to believe and see how much and how big I want to go in and through you, you're going to start hearing me speak. I saw it in a flash. Well, how do you expand your capacity to receive from God? The same way you got saved. You do it by faith. With confession, the heart believes. And with confession, that prayer is made to salvation. I just stood right up and I said, God, I believe you. God, I expand my capacity to see and believe what you want to do in and through my life. I make the adjustment right now. I'm thinking bigger, believing bigger. I just had to say it out of my mouth. In the next moment, boom, vision hit my heart like a ton of bricks. In the next, I'm not saying the next day, in the next moment, I was just looking for my little corner of what God wanted to do with me. God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Well, man, it starts there. But can I ask you a question? Have you ever come across a story in this word where it says, and the Lord revealed his plan, and the Lord spoke unto him or her and said, what I've called you to do is a small thing. It, it won't affect much, but it'll bless me. And, and so, and so you'll, you'll, just, you'll just be small and, and not have much influence, but, but you'll be obedient, and that's all that matters. Have you ever? No. Every story, I'm saying every story, every story I come across in here is about men and women of God being called to awake, rise up, go into a place, speak words, and watch God do the supernatural. I'm saying whatever's going on in your family right now, God's not satisfied with it. He wants to shift some things and work the supernatural in your family, work the supernatural in your job, work the supernatural in your finances. That's why he's called you to a place like Highway Church because this is where God does the supernatural in the midst of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you're going to have to expand your capacity to believe. God, paint the picture on the canvas of my heart.
Paint, paint the picture. I'll never forget, I was, um, I don't know, maybe six years, five, six years into traveling full-time, you know, just going for it, believing God to be in the right place at the right time, you know, with the word in due season. And about once a year, I had taken a group. Uh, we do one international trip, and I take a team over to the island nation of Grenada. And uh, we'd minister over there, had great success, so much favor. Um, whenever I would come, the minister of education there will suspend all the public, the public school I show up at. He'll suspend all the classes, call a general assembly, and I can do anything I want for one hour. I mean, we can preach the gospel, give an altar call, get them filled with the Spirit, call them into the ministry. I mean, we, it's amazing how good you'll get at having a move of God 60 minutes when that's all you've got. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so we've just seen God do great things. And so I was over there uh, with a team and I was like, man, we were on the plane coming back home. And I thought, well, I think that's my last trip to Grenada. You know, I think that's done. And uh, well, I'll just see what's next. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, um, I want you to go to Grenada. And I want you to hold a nationwide conference. I thought, I'm pretty sure that the word of the Lord just got jumbled, like between heaven and earth. <laughs> I literally thought, that sounds like a job for like Joyce Meyer Ministries. This is Jen Tringale Ministries. So I'm taking, I'm saying at this level, I'm taking teams of anywhere from 15 to 40 people on a missions trip to go into the schools. And from that place, God says to me, I want you to do a conference for a nation. I said, God, I, I I don't even know where to begin with that. I said, Lord, that's going to take at least three or four years to put together. I think maybe if I had three or four years, I could maybe garner enough help and support to do something like that. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're right. He said, in about three or four years with the gifts I've given you, you could, you could do it. He said, but that's not my timing. Now, I was afraid to ask the next question, but I knew I had to, and I know you know what that was. What exactly is your timing? <laughs> he said, next year. A nationwide women's conference. He said, and here's what I want you to do. He said, I have a strategy for everything. I said, I know, Lord. He said, well, I'm getting ready to move in the islands. I'm getting ready to move in the nation of Grenada. But as a sign to the people, I want to move among the women first. See, the women there are like second-class citizens. He said, I want you to do a nationwide women's conference. I'm going to move among the women first because I want to honor what's been dishonored and restore what's been broken. And then he said this, and I want you to do it five-star first class. He said, I want you to do a nationwide women's conference like a first-class women's conference would be done in the United States. I mean, any kind of corner I was pulling in my mind for maybe we could pull this off, it was like God really does know your thoughts, and he just, <laughs> he just blew it up. You know, well, we could have a tent. I think I could believe God for a tent. And we could just get some people out in the field and preach the gospel and all go home. <laughs> well, I think we could pull that off in four years. <laughs> Church, men and women of God that are here today, I believe I'm here in this moment to stand as a guidepost on your path of destiny as a witness to the fact that we are living in a day and time where God is calling us to do bold things that are extremely out of our comfort zone and extremely outside of anything you've done up to this point and extremely outside of what anybody in your family has even thought of doing before. 
And all of a sudden, you come to this point in time, you come to this door where there is no turning back. And deep in your heart, you've been living in a place where you are unsettled by a quiet truth. And it's unsettling because it is uncomfortable to your flesh. Because God is going to proverbially walk you up to your sea and say, point what I've given you in your hand. I've put my words in your mouth. It's time, plant the heavens. Let's not forget that ours is not the doing part. Ours is the believing part. He just calls me to speak the word and believe him. He's the one that parts the Red Sea. Right? He's the one that caused a woman to give birth in her old age. He's the one, he's the one, he's the one. Highway Church, you're standing at a place where God is walking you into a brand new dimension beyond what you've seen or known. And it's been rocky because there's war at the gates. And many of you are experiencing this in your personal lives, where on the one hand, your heart is so expectant for what God is doing, and on the other hand, it's taking everything that you've got to keep your feet stable for the opposition that's coming at you. Now, how do I know that? I know it by the Spirit of God for praying over you early, early this morning. God's taking you into a new dimension, a place you've never been, calling you to look to do things you've never done, and there's war at the gates because if you walk through this door and you come into this place, nothing is impossible for you. I'm saying we're living in a time where not as the unrighteous, like the children were at the Tower of Babel, but as the righteous, God is putting his word in our mouth so that we all say the same thing. Remember what God said of the people at the Tower of Babel because they said the same thing. Nothing was impossible for them, and they didn't even have a plan of Jehovah. So God calls us by his word through the prophet Isaiah and he says, awake, wake up. I have not called you to placate. I have not called you to await and see faith. I have not called you to live for the purpose of making yourself as comfortable as possible and getting your vacation home and getting your boat till Jesus comes back. I put you in the earth to change things. You are an agent of change. The spirit of God within you won't let you sleep or settle for less and it's gonna take words of faith I understand what it means to have to contend to come through your door I'll tell you that year God called us to do that conference I mean all H-E double hockey sticks I have to say that because I have a southern grandmother and she watches these things and she yells at me she's 84 years old She's on Facebook. I mean, the woman, she is amazing. She called me uh, last year. She was watching a service. And my aunt had come over and pulled it up, you know, the live stream. She's watching a service. So I get back to my hotel room, and I have like three missed calls from my, my little Kentucky grandmother, I call her. You know, she is like the original Scarlett O'Hara. I mean, every day of her life, she gets up, full makeup, pearls, fully dressed, because as she's told me her whole life, honey, you never know who you're going to meet. <laughs> she is, oh, she's just awesome. She's lived an amazing life. So anyway, so I call her right back. I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, and so, um, w you know, she's in Kentucky. And so growing up, uh, we call our grandmother's mammal. Anybody have a mammal here? Oh, you guys got to get yourself a mammal. <laughs> Listen, mammals do this amazing thing. They make this thing called biscuits and gravy minister to you on a deep level you understand what i'm saying life changing okay that's another message see i told you food will come up my time's running out so you're safe 
So anyway, I call her. I said, Mama, what's going on? She said, honey, I just watched your service this morning, and it was amazing. I said, well, ma'am, I'll thank you. You know, you're just slightly biased, but, you know, I appreciate that. She said, no, honey, I could really tell you really got up early and studied that word because your hair did not look as good as it usually does. <laughs> I was like, thank you? I don't, I don't know. She, she, she's just amazing that way. But <laughs> I don't even remember why I told you that. Thank you. Yes, we cannot say bad words. Mamaw is watching. But, but I understand that year we were moving toward Grenada, you know, in assignment. I mean, boom, 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 boom. You, you start out with like you feel like you're hitting speed bumps. Then all of a sudden the potholes on the path to destiny get pretty good. Then you hit parts where the whole road's just washed out. And you're thinking, we have not come the right way. And everything within you wants to back up and say, you know what, where we were back there, we never had this stuff going on. We never had speed bumps. We never had big old potholes. We never had places where the whole road was washed out. What's that sound like, the children of Israel? Yeah, we were in slavery, but man, at least we had a roof over our head. We knew where our food was coming. We should just look back. But church... You cannot stay here because you and I both drove by thousands of people come in here today that are still broken, still living under depression, still hooked on prescription drugs, marriages falling apart, kids thinking about taking their life, all kinds of junk going on. We drove by him to get here today. And we can't stay here. Because heaven, when it looks at the earth in 2018, is banking on us. Church, can I say it to you this way this morning? There is no backup body of Christ. We're it. I'm just saying, when heaven comes and looks, heaven's not going, well, you know, if they just decide it's too much and they pull back, at least we've got, no. We are the agents of change in the earth. And that's why the Spirit of God is stirring what he's stirring on the inside of you, saying, you can't stay here. Listen, not sinning, not living in sin is not God's will for your life. That's just the doorway into God's will for your life is leaving all the sin and the junk that tries to destroy you and kill you and put you in bondage. That's the, just the doorway out of that into the good things God has prepared for you. God's saying, forget about all that. I need you to get off the page. And let me paint a picture that I already told you in my word is going to blow your mind. And then if you're anything like me, you stop and go, well, how, how am I going to do it? 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 Well, I could do this. No, that wouldn't work. Well, I could do this. I would. Anybody else like that? Yes. Yeah, and so we try and figure it out. But the Spirit of God says in Isaiah 51, I'm going to put my words in your mouth and I'm going to plant the heavens. So what's he saying? He's saying as soon as you receive the, the vision, the assignment, the concept of what I'm wanting to do in you right now, the progression I'm wanting to take you into, as soon as you'll receive that and even consider it in your mind, on the heels of that next is going to come the first piece of your strategy. It'll be step one, and it will seem crazy. Right. And it will look nothing like the big thing you've got in your heart. We have a whole book to prove that. I mean, you, you think of King David, right? They call David out of the back 40, pull him up. They bypass all the perfect candidates, anoint him as king. Everybody's there watching. They call him king, prophesying the word of the Lord. You know, they pull David out of a crowd and say, and I would say unto you, young man, you shall be king and you shall rule over this nation. And they anoint him with oil and everybody sees it. I mean, wouldn't you just think, well, David's king, like we need to usher him off to king school. 
like he, we need to train like his next step needs to look like preparing to be king and what do they do the ceremony's over and they look at him and say uh the sheep are calling pal you better get back there and he's like uh but god just did something big and just put vision in me for something huge so shouldn't my next step be something that looks kind of huge or preparing for that, I call it the, as my friend, my youth pastor days, I call it the karate kid effect, right? Not the new one, don't even mess with me, okay? I'm talking old school, Ralph Macchio, Mr. Miyagi, come on, yes. And so what does he do? Paint the fence, wax on, right? Wax off, and he's, his mind is like, I got the fight of my life. Are you kidding me? And the whole time, the way he's putting him in a position to prepare, if he'll just stay faithful to it, is going to position him for an assignment that's much bigger than him. Where do you think they got that? So they look at David, and the karate kid effect hits David. Back to the sheep, pal. And he's like, for serious? I mean, at least you'd think put him in the best school of the time, right? At least have him working as a page in the king's court. No, 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 no. Back, back out to the back 40 and the sheep for you. But something really supernatural happens out there. God begins to highlight some things to David that are going to be things that everybody else has cast aside and they're going to become the weapons of David's warfare that's going to shift things forever. David picks up a tool, and the Lord revitalizes it, called a slingshot. And everybody else threw it aside as something kids play with. But it becomes a weapon of mass destruction in David's hands. Why? Because David wasn't bound by the past and what had or had not been done before. David wasn't bound by, well, this is how you make things work. These are the ways you do it. You put on this equipment. You pick up this sword. You train for battle in these ways, and maybe, just maybe, you'll have a chance. But church, you're standing at the head of a brand new dimension God's taken you into, and there is war at the gates, and the weapons of your warfare do not look like the normal, natural progression of things. I'm saying that God is going to start highlighting some things to you that you think, what in the world is that significant for? And when you pick it up, God's going to reimagine that tool that's in your hand. And he's going to cause it to work as a weapon of warfare on your behalf to put you in position for what God has called you to do. I believe if I'm here on assignment anything for anything this morning, it's to tell you not to let the war at the gates throw you off your path of destiny. I remember when I was in Jamaica a couple years ago, they took me into Trenchtown. It's like worse than any slum of L.A. or New York. It's horrible. It's so bad that we were in this white van, and these local guys, well-known guys, were driving us, and they said, now, you don't slow down at any stop sign or traffic light when you're driving through here because the gangs, the violence, the drug is so bad that if you just slow down enough, they'll jump the van, take what you've got. And so, you know, it was me and I had my assistant with me. They said, well, you guys need to actually kind of slouch down in the van so they can't really see you. I'm like, man. So we're driving through Trenchtown and it's just awful. People living in cardboard homes, you know. and So we're driving down the road, and we get to this stretch of sidewalk, and I look out, and I see this little old lady. I mean, she looked like she could have been in her 90s. Going down the sidewalk, and she's got an old, half-broken-down shopping cart. You could tell everything she owned in the world was in that cart. And she's just barely, all by herself, going along down this sidewalk. Well, I mean, 
you know, I shared with y'all a little bit about my grandmother. I mean, my grandmother is a big deal to me. You mess with her, I will cut you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I am Italian, so it's like I know a guy, don't mess with me, you know. So anyway, um, so I see this lady, and so it grabs my heart, and so I yelled out to our driver. I said, um, hey, I said, that little lady out there, I said, we got to stop and help her. We can't leave her out there. And so they look over and they see her and the guy says, oh, she's fine. They won't touch her. I said, what do you mean? We can't even slow down and we got you two guys with us and we're in a van. She's out there exposed. They said, nobody will mess with her. She doesn't have anything they want. Church, thieves don't rob abandoned buildings. Why do you think there's war at your gates? Because you matter. Because what God is wanting to bring through you is a big deal and you are called to affect much. That's why there is an onslaught at your mind to talk you out of it. That's where there's an onslaught at your emotions. Your biggest enemies are not the ones you can see. It's when you feel like you're wrestling and fighting an unseen opponent. And the job of the enemy is to contend with you to keep you from coming through the gates. The definition of a contender is one who fights to take what isn't theirs. When a contender goes into the boxing ring against a champion, he wants the title belt. It's not his, and he's come to fight to take it from the champ. We got to start seeing ourselves as the champion in the ring because of our big brother Jesus. We're not the underdog. But we have an enemy, and that enemy is coming after you. He hates your stinking guts, and the reason he hates your stinking guts is because you have a destiny, and he doesn't have one. And he hates you because you do. He's always been after the seed of destiny. He went after Moses because of the seed. He went after Jesus because of the seed of destiny. He doesn't know all of what you're called to be and do, but the kingdom of darkness knows that you matter. That's why he throws all, all craziness at your marriage, throws craziness and strife into your home to see if you'll put up with it. Why? Because if you'll put up with strife, what's the Bible say? Where there is strife, there is every evil work. If you put up with strife and go, man, I don't know why we're not getting along. I don't know why we're not getting along, but I'm going to argue with you. The enemy can come in and set up shop in your house. All of a sudden, eight months go down the road, you go, where did this come from? How did the enemy get in? It's when you let a cycle of strife start happening. But when you recognize the play of your enemy, when you see it what it is, you won't put up with it. You'll get so determined to walk in lug if you got to lock yourself in the bathroom and say, I refuse to argue with you. I will not argue with you. I'm locking myself in the bathroom. Why? Because I'm not having strife in my house. Why? Because my destiny's not worth it. It's amazing to me how the enemy uses the same tricks over and over. And we can all tell stories about watching the same tricks he used on other places. Then we come in, we get involved in highway church, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, eight months go by, and, I, and we go, you know, I don't really like the way they're doing that. I, I, you know, I'm not sure I agree with what pastor preached, and I, I just don't know about that. And all of a sudden, a little bit of indifference turns into, I don't agree with that. And I'm going to call up so-and-so and tell him how I don't agree with that. Strife. And the whole time, the enemy is the puppet master behind the strings going, yeah, see how you don't like that? See how you don't like that? What does he do? Magnify the differences to break the unity. I believe the Spirit of God is searching through the earth going, can I just find a church, a group of people that decide to come together and say, I refuse to be offended. I, I refuse to be offended. I refuse to get out of agreement and not all say the same thing because God says as long as we're saying the same thing, he'll work out the other stuff. But if we say the same thing, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. 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 
Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I'll tell you, you're standing at the doorway of a new dimension. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor has it entered into the heart of man the things he's prepared for them. But I am revealing them by my spirit. Can happen in a flash. Sitting in a service like this, absolutely it happens. Can happen driving down the street in your car. How many times have you just been sitting at a traffic light, something comes up in your heart, and boom, God gives you a picture, right? Anybody else visual like me? That's how God talks to me. He gives me pictures. I'll just see myself doing something, I'll go, God's talking to some people this morning. I believe during the time we've been in here, some things have been popping to the top in your heart. Some things that maybe right before you lay your head down on the pillow at night, they kind of bother you in a good way. It's like a godly bother. Sometimes you have no idea what it is. You just know... Something's about to change. I I don't know what it is, but something's about to change. What's that about? God's saying, acknowledge it. Because I already told you I'd reveal it by my spirit, says the Lord. I reveal it by my spirit. God's using his people in ways that don't look anything like the ways we thought he would only work. God's working in ways that don't look anything like super spiritual activity. And yet there he is right in the midst of it. So I want to ask you this morning, if you would do this, if you would just take a moment with me, bow your head, close your eyes, and just sitting right there in your seat, Holy Spirit told me this morning, he said, I want to come in that room and I want to do some painting on some canvases of people's hearts. All right, some of you, the Lord says, some of you, um, because of your age or your past, Uh, or circumstances of life, you have counted yourself out. And you thought, well, I love the Lord, and I'll always be a part of his work, but because of where I'm at now, I just count myself out. The Spirit of God arrests your attention today and says, not so. You are not bound by time. You are not bound by what has been. People say, well, you know, history is bound to repeat itself, but history is only bound to repeat itself if that's what you're constantly looking at. The Bible says, lift your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. And so, Holy Spirit, I release you right now all across this room to begin to reveal to give pictures on the inside, God, of some things you're wanting to do in and through us right now, changes you want to make right now. Father, some of us need to get in there and eradicate strife. Father, we make the decision right now. This just cannot continue. Lord, as for my part, I submit myself. I'll be the first to say I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be the first to walk across the room. I'll be the first, Father. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see 
how good he is.